Any examples used are for illustrative purposes only and do not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and may not be suitable for all investors. It is not intended to predict the performance of any specific investment and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. This is another Money Show. Get set for another hour of the latest financial information and economic news affecting your bottom line. JR and Anthony are committed to helping more Americans like you optimize their income, reduce their tax risk, and reach financial freedom. So let's start the show. Here are your hosts, Anthony Correo and JR Rochford. Here we are, your hosts, Anthony Crayo, J.R. Rochford, taking a break from our day-to-day as financial advisors with Rochford and Associates, a fully independent fourth-generation family practice right here in the greater Phoenix area. Um, we are, uh, what are we here to do today? We're here to bring you news that you may not be hearing on those other financial uh, radio shows. We are aware that the last thing you need is another money show, but we appreciate you being here. Aren't we, Jer? We are always glad for you to join us. Thank you so much for being here. So whether you're hearing us on Saturday at 960 The Patriot or on a podcast, we're just so glad that you're listening to us. Thank you for spreading the word, too. I mean, we're actually we're getting a lot of questions and we're having people come in and sit down with us. So this has been good. And why do we do what we do? I mean, obviously, when you listen to financial shows, we are a little bit different. You know, the shows are very formal and very, I'll say, boring. sculptured or canned. <laughs> boring. I didn't say boring, although boring. Apparently, apparently you're listening to some of the same shows I am. So we are a little bit more, well, you know, somebody said we're more like a podcast. Good. Good. Because you know how I bring up the anti-lawyer lawyer and I say that, you know, I, I love that because I feel like we're the anti-financial advisor advisors. We, we are different and we realize that and we're not a good fit for everybody. Why? I'm not sure, but it's true. So why do we do what we do every week? We want you prepared and not scared. We want you proactive and not reactive. So the first step for that to happen is we have to have you aware of what's going on. You know, we don't make things up. We scour the news we manage money into the future without a crystal ball, and that takes being aware of our surroundings. So every day of my life, I am reading articles and watching YouTube clips, and I'm, and I'm looking for stuff to bring you. The reason that we do that, the world is weird. I mean, come on. You know, people that are like, well, you, you've always been worried. You know, you're right. Anthony, when you first joined the practice, you said there's always been something to worry about. You are correct. I'm just not sure there's ever been this many things to worry about at any given time. I think it's piled on us. You know, while the country's all at the movie theater seeing Barbie, you know, I, I'm worried about gas prices. You know, it, it, gas prices have hovered under $4, so everybody's quiet again. Have you ever noticed if your 401k is steady or going up and your gas prices are steady or going down, you don't care why, you don't worry about it, you're just happy. You're just complacent. You're just quiet. Well, the gas prices are on the move again, so that could rattle people. You know, the Teflon Dow, that's, that's been in full melt-up mode until today. By the way, we're recording this on August 2nd. It's a Wednesday. We record on Wednesday. This airs on Saturday. So today, it's, it's not having a good morning so far. I've been watching that. What, what's the reason? Is it because what I'm saying, gas prices? You know, and, and don't forget, speaking of gas prices... We have never 
refilled the strategic oil reserve. Actually, I hear we're still dipping into it. So we've had this lull in the price of barrels of oil, and yet we have not taken advantage of it to make our country stronger and safer. Why is that? Is it intentional or is it just not good management? So whatever. EVs. We talked about that last week. I don't care about oil. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. We don't have the infrastructure. You know, you're talking about rolling brownouts and blackouts in Texas, California. You know, I'm going to stop them from moving forward. It's not going to stop them, but it's it's not going to work. So, you know, hang on to your, your five-gallon attitude. Be a bit more positive. We're American. We can do anything. I'm positive it's not going to work. I think we're going to get a big wake-up call on this whole EV thing. So, but back to, you know, why the market's having a little break and it's melt-up. So, apparently, Fitch, the rating agency Fitch, has downgraded the U.S. This happened yesterday. So it's it's hilarious to me because when I first heard this, I'm like, oh, oh, we're finally going to be an F. You know, we do have 32 trillion in debt, narrowing into narrowing into 33 trillion. So I thought, well, maybe this will finally bring us out of the D range. No, 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 no. We're going from triple A rated down to double A rated. So we're going from like stellar, amazing credit as a nation to eh, just investment grade. So I and. Uh, Yes. Have you heard that? People will still buy it. They'll still buy our bonds and our treasuries. and Yeah, until they won't. I mean, it's, you know, sooner or later, all this is going to intersect. And that's why we're here. We have to tell you, the sky is falling. Chicken Little is here every week to tell you something is amiss. But anyway, so the whole credit rating thing, will it affect us? I don't know. You know, they threatened us with that around the shutdown time. We had to raise the debt ceiling. And now it's happened. So I, I don't know. And we raised the debt ceiling. I mean, we can spend, the nation can spend whatever it wants. There's no cap on it until January of 2025. So that's scary. I mean, spend away, you know, everything. And it should probably raise their uh, their pay in the meantime while they can. That's a great idea. Yeah, that's a good idea. Right? So, well, and sooner or later, it's going to catch up with us. And that's that's all I'm saying. So I'm, I'm not, you know, I mean, little little things, foreclosures are up. You know, that's another reason things are weird. We're always looking for a black swan event. And what that is, is something that nobody's watching for. You know, we're all watching for whether or not, you know, World War Three ever happens or whatever. We're all watching for a, a potential central bank digital currency. You know what we're not watching for? If people quit on us right now, if they say this downgrade is the last straw, you know, we're cashing in our chips. What happens? I mean, what what happens with this country? You know, we are still presumably in the best shape in the world. You know, what's the old expression? We're the cleanest shirt in the dirty laundry. You know, that's that's isn't that fantastic? We're the least stinky garbage in the dump. So that that's great. But th- this could be it. I mean, you know, and and I I know what you'll say, Anthony. It's not. Doesn't matter. You know, by tomorrow the market will start climbing again and everything will be okay. I don't know. You're probably right. But it Yeah, leads- why do you even need me on this show? You already know what I'm gonna say. I really don't. I was thinking about that. So today's Anthony's last show. Actually, I shouldn't say that because I had a comment. Our our next door neighbor, he's a great guy. He's an attorney, I believe, so we don't trust him fully, but he's a great guy. Anyway, he, uh, I asked him what he thought of last week's show. I said I was a little more passionate than usual. And I asked him, you know what he said to me? And I feel bad saying this, Anthony. He said, he wants less of me and more Anthony. That's what he said. So now I know he's not only an I am crazy. Delightful. You are delightful. <laughs> you are speaking of light. 
Speaking of lights, did you hear that now you can't buy light bulbs anymore? Dude, you probably don't remember this, Anthony, but I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, they said that light bulbs are evil. They they said that we have to all go LED. We have to get rid of the incandescent light bulbs. Apparently that uh, quietly through, I don't know, one of them, the Inflation Reduction Act or the Infrastructure Act or one of these acts, apparently that took place yesterday, August 1st. So I don't know. I haven't been to Lowe's yet, but Apparently, if you have light bulbs at your house, that'll be a that'll be a, a hot commodity. You know, like gold backs and actual precious metals. So light bulbs, that's what we're worried about. You know, the the government is talking about, like you're saying, going green, EVs, solar. They want us to change what we use for stoves, ceiling fans, hot water heaters. Or do you just call it a water heater? Because if the water's already hot, you don't need to heat it. But anyway, so they're they're getting involved in our day-to-day operations. What happened, this is probably 20 or 30 years ago, they changed gas cans. Gas cans used to be easy to use. I know this is a fantastic example of how our country's going into the toilet. So gas cans used to be very easy to use and operate. And then they got involved and they made these really difficult to use spigots that spill more gas than you convey. It's, it's amazing. And now they want to get into our homes and change our appliances. And the people that say that'll never happen, I, you know, I, I don't know. We seem to be on a crash course with such control in and outside of our homes. And, you know, we've already brought up two states that want you to take in roommates. So New York and Massachusetts, they want you to take in roommates. So I think anything can happen. Anyway, so back to the Dow and its melt up and the little break we're seeing today. I have been railing forever about something. When advisors watch a market go down, they put on their sales hat and they say, oh, you need to buy the dips. Everything's on sale. Now's the time to stock up. You know what? The same advisors need to start saying, especially the last few weeks, are you going to sell the peaks? Are you taking profits? Are you taking some of this gain? You know, the Fugazi, Fugazi gain. Are you taking some of this off the table and turning it in? to a fixed annuity. So you have lifelong pensions. Are you buying goldbacks? Are you paying down debt? Are you buying hard assets? Because now is the time. But there's only half of that. You know, it's like the paper loss thing. When things are down and people say, don't panic. It's only a paper loss. You've only really lost money if you lock in your gains. Right now, isn't it only a paper gain? You know, have you really made this money or is it time to lock in some? I guess that's all I'll say about that. But it's, it's just funny. Because here we go again, you know, the the financial advisor, modus operandi, sell when it's down. No, 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 buy. Oh, yeah, huh? buy, buy the day. So buy when it's down. What should you do now that it's up? Well, buy. What, is there ever a time sale? You should always buy. What's my thing? What is our job as an advisor? Move money. And what do I get done? Move more money and come in again tomorrow and move more money. That's all there is in this job is moving money. But sometimes that's not a good idea. So what do you think, Anthony? Do you think today's a good day to buy or sell? Or do you care? Should we just move on? I don't know. Everything in moderation. I've said this a thousand times. My, uh, I don't really care what the market does. I buy on occasion. I sell when things are up. But uh, the market doesn't really dictate my financial future because I limit what I have in there. So I, I can afford to lose everything. So I just actually, I don't even really sell. I really just kind of buy. Um, in moderation, but I love that. And you, just one, one thing I've noticed about you, you always keep cash aside for opportunities. 
So it does seem like when there's better opportunities, you buy more, which is a good thing. You know, we're not saying the stock market is going to end. We think it needs a huge correction. And what that means is opportunities. I mean, if things get really bad, we're all throwing rocks at each other. That's that's different. Then you better just have food and water. But we think there's going to be opportunities to come. So be ready. If all your money's invested, I'm not sure how you're ready to buy more, but we, we will see. So, and you know, our, our thing, how do we grow second opinion? You know, we think you should audit your advisor. We think once in a while you should get a second opinion. Just make sure that, you know, everything that's being done for you is being done correctly. So with that said, I think you should put some guarantees in your portfolio. You know, Anthony, your big push is always is income over assets. I think this is a wonderful time to, you know, I mean, interest rates are huge, you know, whether they're going to keep going up, whether they're going to pause, whether they're going to reduce rates, you know, right now is the best window I've seen in 15 years for interest rates. So all of my talk, I guess it comes down to, it's a really good time to at least consider having a second opinion, seeing if you need to be safer, if you need more income, less assets, and we can help if you'd like. So our whole thing is planning over products and education over sales. And if you do have a pension at an employer, it may be worth moving. You know, if you're one of those employees at Yellow Trucking. Well, tell me a little more. Yellow Truck, we brought that up last week. Last week, Yellow Trucking was talking about going on strike because basically the the employer were not, they weren't putting the uh, money into the health plans and the pensions. What What's happened in the last week, Anthony? Well, since then, they have declared bankruptcy. But you know what else since then? Their stock's up 300%. Wait, what? Yeah. No, look this up. It's down today, but shares about a month ago were under a dollar. Um, you know, if I'm looking at like July 7th, it looked like it closed at 86 cents. As of right now, when we're having this conversation, it is 259 As of... August 1st, right, yesterday, it looked like it hit a peak right around almost the $4 mark. So this was selling a month ago. We're under a dollar. Uh, they declare bankruptcy, and then it goes up 400%, percent 400%. This isn't the first time I've seen this, too. Uh, do you remember 2020? It was like Enterprise or Budget Rental Car, one of those Avis. I can't remember which one it was. I'm probably naming all the ones except for the correct one did the same thing. They declared bankruptcy and the stock went up. Have you, I mean... I, I do, that rings a bell. Was it Hertz? I don't know, whatever it was, but... Oh, yes. Yeah, I think that was it. I was picturing it as a uh, yellow, black label. Yeah, it's, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. JR, I don't, I don't and get it. You're the engineer. You're the smart one. I'm the big picture storyteller. You're the detail minutia. You're the engineer. So if you don't get it, don't turn to me because I won't get it. it well, I read are... an article. I tried to read an article on it because I was like, how? And the only, and I don't even think the article mentioned it. The only thing I could possibly think of is these are all people trying to cover their shorts, just like GameStop. So these are people that have to buy shares. Or do you have to cover a short if the, the stock deal is that I don't know. But anyways, their trading volume, like their regular trading volume, was about 2.6 million shares daily. Um, they were trading the other day at almost 80 million. 
almost 40 times their normal trading after they declare bankruptcy and their stock goes up. So I, I cannot stress this enough. Like, I don't know how to give advice on the stock market except for, you know, buy and hold and have opportunities. And if it's up, sell. If it's down, buy more until it is up. Because what? Well, and you, you, know, you know, I don't understand. It bothers me so much that everybody's financial future, for the most part, is dedicated to something that bad news is wonderful news. Imagine, imagine your shares go up 400% in a couple of days. Like, how thrilled are you? On the news that your company is going bankrupt. I don't get it. Well, and it's funny because the longer you've been in the job, the more you don't get it. And that's exactly what I've found. You know, I've been here for a quarter of a century. I watched GM when GM was plummeting. We had clients calling in the office and they're like, do you think we should buy GM? It's down to $5 a share. And I was like, well, you know, in moderation, I guess so. It seems like a big deal and GM's not going anywhere. Well, sure enough, it did. They delisted it and the people that bought it at $5 a share, they lost their money. And then the government bailed the company out. And then they came back with new stock shares, which really kind of screwed the people that wrote it down to zero. So the, the whole thing, and we are always saying the Dow Jones is 30 companies. And when one underperforms, they take it out and put a new one in. That's a rigged game. You know, the, the whole thing is manipulated. You know, we, we're watching the S&P 500, which should be a more legitimate indication of our country and our world. It's not. It's being floated by like seven companies. It would be in deep trouble if we took out seven companies. So the whole thing's rigged. And the fact that you don't understand it good, the, the question that people have, what is there any other game in town? And the answer to that is yes. Yes. Go towards income. Go towards debt management buy a duplex, buy passive income rental properties. Yeah, think of other things you can do. Should you have money in the market? I guess so. I still believe in diversification. But yeah, th this is typical of what goes on in the market. And I don't think that this is going to be an anomaly. I think things are going to get worse over the next couple of years. But that's me with my crystal ball. So um, at Yellow, you know, this is interesting. The company received a $700 million government loan during the pandemic as part of the COVID-19 relief program in 2020. So did I. You know, we were shut out of our office for a little while. So I applied for and received a PPP loan. And you know what I did? I paid it off in March. I, I was scrapping on Facebook one day with a woman that, you know, showed she found some public record that shows that I hadn't paid it off or I was trying to get it forgiven, which I had to give her proof. I'd actually put my statement with my account number blocked off online showing no no I'm, I'm paying my loan but anyway so i paid off my loan little tiny rochford associates loan you know who didn't yellow trucking so out of the 729 million dollars it owes the federal government it had repaid 230 of the principal loan. so what happens to the rest of that it gets forgiven well what does that do to the taxpayers they don't owe that money to the government. The government says, well, they're going to lose their part of the money. No, what about the taxpayers? That's who's losing the money. So to me, it's just, it's frustrating. And you know what the biggest financial story is about this whole thing? First of all, people like Walmart, there's there's a lot of big companies that used yellow trucking. They're going to have to move elsewhere. So that's going to make, you know, perhaps UPS and FedEx larger, which makes the game a little bit more rigged on that side. But you know what else happened? 
30,000 people are getting laid off. So what happens to 30,000 people? You know, are they going to need unemployment insurance? Are they going to find a job? Are they going to find a job as well-paying? So there are a lot of ramifications to this, you know, not just the stock being ridiculous. But I guess we've beaten that one to death. You want to move on to another uh, issue? Well, we, need to- we didn't even talk about the pension part of it because that's that's where it came up. They are saying that the pensions are a part of a, a large multi-employer. Uh, it's like a union pension. So the pension isn't held directly with the company, which may be some sort of a saving grace. But it's, I don't know, still warn people, you can fund pensions on your own, even if you have a pension with an old employer. You know, you don't want to be finding out that luckily it's a Teamster pension and not an individual company pension when you hear your company's going bankrupt. So if you are in a position with a pension and you want options, that is what we specialize in. So that was my my little sales pitch right there. But also people don't know. They just, oh, I'm going to turn on my ASRS because that's my only option. It's not your only option. But good calls. Terrifying. We talk about how great and important pensions are, but to think you have one and to get to a retirement and find out it's gone, oof, I don't want to be in that position. Well, even a lot of the pensions that we look at now, I mean, they, they've projected unrealistic rates. ASRS is one. I mean, they, they've said that they can get in the range of 7 to 8% every year, but they, they don't. And I, you know, I look at these teachers that retire in their 50s and 60s, if they live into their 80s and 90s, that's a lot of money that's going out to them, you know, and, and it's harder to find teachers. The whole thing's a big Ponzi scheme, just like Social Security. So the the key is if there's any way to set up your own pension, at least you have a layer of defense. At least you're not in a big pool where if it starts tipping, you're, you have no choice, you know, because if a pension starts going south, that's not the time they're going to let you out of it. You know, you, you probably need to get out of it earlier. Just thinking. So now can we switch gears and talk about my favorite subject? Yeah, I guess. Two more banks failed. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. there's more quiet this time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Two more, two more banks. So we've been saying that the reason that you don't know there's a slow but steady run on the banks because the media stopped telling you. So, you know, when Silicon Valley Bank went south, First Republic, it was a big conversation piece all over, but it was very short-lived. So in the past week, if you want to do a little research, you're going to find that First Heartland Bank in Kansas experienced an outright failure, <laughs> leading to its doors being closed by the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. Aren't those the people that insure your money? So no no harm, no foul, because if you were in that Kansas bank, if you have under $250,000, you're covered if you have over $250,000, sorry, you know, shame on you. You shouldn't have done it. There's rules. Oh, wait a minute. Silicon Valley Bank taught us that depending on who you are, they'll still cover you, even if you have five to seven million. So, but if you have 250000 or under, which is probably more likely the case at Heartland Bank, you know, you might want to look something up. I, there's still coverage, but it's, it's at around 1%. Think about that for a second. There's billions of dollars in the depositor insurance fund, there's trillions in depositor assets. So let's say you're safe at Heartland Bank. How many banks can go south before we run out of that money? So hopefully it's, you know, hopefully mine fails quickly because I think it'll be first come, first served. And it's 1.11 now based on the Q1 uh, 
report that they released finally. So from March, uh, it would be March 31st, I think is the end of their Q1. So it's one one one. So that's pretty good. So you're saying if I have a quarter of a million dollars at a bank and it goes south, they have to cover me roughly $2,500. Is that right? I mean, I'm not good at numbers or math, but it seems like about $2,500. I mean, in a simplistic term, obviously they've got billions in their coffers. So it's how many people, like you just said, how many people can they bail out until they don't have anything left for you? But a lot has happened since Q1, a lot of failed banks. I mean, you just mentioned two. So that's more out of their coffers. So, but right on the flip side, how these numbers work, you said last week that people are pulling a ton of money out of the banks. And if they're pulling a bunch of money out of the banks, that's less for the FDIC to insure, which keeps that number up. Look at you. Numbers. Yeah. That's very, very half full and I'm very half empty. So yeah, no, you're right. So in the other bank, if you are, you know, poking around to make sure I'm right on the stuff, it is PacWest Bank and the Bank of California are having a organized merger <laughs> facilitated by the U.S. government to prevent a potential failure. Notably, J.P. Morgan's Jamie Dimon played a role in assisting with this merger. Does it seem, is it just me or does Jamie Dimon seem to be involved in most of this banking stuff? Are we really going to end up with only Wells Fargo, Bank of America, and J.P. Morgan Chase? So, yeah, and- it's funny you say that because he really is. All these articles, anytime there's some sort of, like, they're going to Chase. Like, Chase is, essentially, Chase and Jamie Dimon is the uh, secretary treasury now. Because everything's right. run through Chase. Like, he's he's the Jerome Powell, like, he is the the guy like he is the money man of the u.s at this point which is weird to think about but yeah it looks that way they just don't say it you know janet yellen you know what what i was reading with the credit rating downgrade of of yesterday uh janet yellen said that it was arbitrary she disagrees with it arbitrary you do you really think we should be the highest rated financial system on the planet give me a break anyway the three key factors influencing how these banks failed, rising interest rates. Well, yeah, no kidding. You know, the the Fed just raised rates again last week. I presume that'll make more small banks go away because they have mortgage-backed securities and derivatives and all kinds of stuff nobody even understands. So they said there's a lower demand for loans, which part of that, the banks won't give you as much money. We've been telling you they're starting to cut credit card, you know, people that apply to raise their credit card, they're saying no. So adjustable rate mortgages are rising. Uh, tightening lending standards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, basically, the the government is really trying to keep these interventions as quiet as possible. They don't want to cause public alarm, which could potentially result in bank runs. Well, I got bad news, kids. We're in a bank run right now. It's just kind of quiet. So pull your safe deposit box, put some cash at home, and talk to us. We'll tell you what to do. With that said, we have to ease into our first break. Actually, it's our only break. So call us. Let us know if we can help you. 623-523-0444 or reach out to us at team at anothermoneyshow.com and please do check out our YouTube channel. We're growing that bad boy. Thanks to Doug and Jim. We'll be right back. Like what you're hearing? You can watch the show too. Visit youtube.com and search Another Money Show to watch clips from this program. 
Thanks for listening to another Money Show. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to leave us a rating and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to another Money Show. Thank you so much for being with us. If we can ever help you, we'll be honored. We're at 623-523-0444. Or you can always email us at team at anothermoneyshow.com. I sent the show last week to a bunch of people, Anthony, and asked for feedback. And it was 98% positive. I heard back from a lot of people that I sent it to. There were two that were kind of negative. One woman said that she just she didn't understand any of this. She said it's very... She said, if people knew what we were talking about, they might understand it, but she didn't. And I thought, well, that's, that's, yeah. I mean, we are very much an acquired taste. I mean, you know, if, if you're used to Saturday radio shows, we are not like the others, as they would say on Sesame Street. So, and the other one, (laughs) the other person's comment on this whole thing was cover less. Like it was too much. I had to look up too many things. I'm like, well, if that, if that's a negative comment, that's okay. Because we want to throw a lot at you in one hour. Speaking of which, well, let me There's throw- a lot going on in the world. I mean, there there's is. only so much. I mean, for all the stuff that we are covering, we're not covering a ton of other things. Yes. it's Yeah, it's each week. It's harder for me to narrow down what I want to bring up. So, and this week, what I want to bring up, this I just found this one kind of funny. The uh, article is from Money Wise from August 1st. Just as important as electricity or water- President Biden said the U.S. will spend $42 billion to give every person in America access to the Internet by 2030. So I thought, well, well, that's uh, that's interesting. You know, how many billions do we give Ukraine? So at least we're giving billions to our country now. So it says here, it says here, the funds will be deployed under the Broadband Equity Access and Development Program. That's the BEAD program which was authorized by the Biden administration's $1 trillion 2021 infrastructure package. That's a big package, kids. Funding will go to all 50 states. And the two, <laughs> the, the two most populous states, California and Texas, receiving the largest sums. Well, that makes sense. I mean, if they're the biggest states, and this is yeah. going to every single person in the country. And you know what's funny? $42 billion. That's not, you know, we look at that like that's nothing. A billion dollars is a thousand millions. So this is huge. States with large rural areas that lack connectivity, such as Virginia, Alabama, Louisiana, are among those set to receive top level funding also. You know what, though? There, one thing this article doesn't mention, you know what it is, Anthony? We're broke. We're broke. We are 32 trillion in the hole. I love the idea of everybody having internet. You know what? I don't like the the idea of doing it right now. Let's wait till we balance the budget. Let's wait till it's a better time and then make sure people in the Appalachian Mountains can get on TikTok on their laptop. So I don't well, know. if they're going to wastefully spend money, at least this is something that people can benefit from. Yeah, I mean, I think that's my argument against yours is they're not going to stop their wasteful spending. So you can sit here and complain about all of their spending, but they're going to spend. Is it something that benefits us or do you want them shipping it up to those 170 other countries that receive foreign aid from us? I, what you, they're going to send it, it somewhere. Where are they neither. sending it, JR? I'm not going to bow down like you're saying neither don't spend it on internet and don't spend it for ukraine neither 
you know what? It's funny because you're like, they're going to do it anyway. Your mindset is exactly why they've gotten away with doing it for so long. I used to debate with somebody that lives in my house. I'm not going to bring up her name because I think she's getting tired of me referencing her and her TV patterns. So this woman that I live with, she used to say, why do you get yourself so worked up? Why do you get so upset? There's nothing you can do about it. You know why that frosted me? Because she's right. I can't do anything about it. But what if a million of us, like me and her, turned off the TV and got together and said, enough of this. What if we said, like, what is the movie network? Doug Burke, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it. (laughs) No, so you're, because you're being like forgiving to that. You're like, well, so what? They're going to do it anyway. That's the mindset that, that has them doing this. We need to say, stop, take away the checkbook. Everybody needs to get up off their couch, go on there. Apparently we're all going to have it free internet as soon as it arrives and go on usdebtclock.org and let me know what you think. When you get the internet, you can look about what your portion is of the national debt and you know how this ends, Anthony, it doesn't end well. We tip, we get our credit rating downgraded. We eventually run out of money and we can't take care of our veterans. We can't, we got to cut social security. So no, I'm, I'm not going to say that it's okay to do this, but not okay for Ukraine. And by the way, a little picture in the article. So I was supposed to, you know, it's clickbait or whatever. It says, it's got Rick Perry, the former Texas governor. And it says Biden wants to spend nearly $1 billion, only a billion, what an amateur, nearly $1 billion in taxpayer money on 9,500 electric vehicles for government workers. So even in this article that I'm reading that makes my blood boil about internet for everybody, is another little spending nugget that we need to get EVs for our, our government workers. Oh, this, this is so dumb. It's, I'm sorry, so dumb. And yes, I'm railing on it. Let me switch gears before I stroke out. I haven't had a stroke or a heart attack in quite a while, so maybe I should keep talking about how angry I am with the spending. So here, here's another one for you. The Daily Hodel. <laughs> I love the name, the Daily Hodel. I'm probably saying it wrong. It's probably the Hodel, but whatever it is. The U.S. debt explodes. I believe I read this one last week. Oh, wait, a new one because it's a week later. The U.S. <laughs> debt, the U.S. debt, expl- I know, Anthony, nothing I can do about it. Settle down. I might have a stroke. You know what the thing is, though? I'm old. You are going to have to see the results, all of this stuff. And you're going to be like, you know what? That crazy old bast, I almost said a bad word, that crazy old bit, that, that JR was, he was right. I can't wait. I'm going to be a ghost and I'm going to hover around you all the time. I was going to haunt my wife. I'm haunting you. And I'm going to have you say, yeah, he was right. We finally tipped. So back to the daily hodl. The U.S. debt explodes. 300, I can't even read this number. 392, what is that? Billion, 750 million in 30 days as Cato Institute warns unsustainable spending hindering national security. So now here's another person that probably agrees with me. So the U.S. national debt is growing at an unrelenting pace. You you think? (laughs) New numbers from the government's fiscal data system. They have a fiscal data system. (laughs) I wonder if it's got cartoon pictures of me and Janet Yellen, you know, photoshopped together, eating magic mushrooms and sitting down. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, on July 27th, the country's total public debt hit 32... (laughs) 0.65 0.65 trillion. That's an increase of over 392 billion in the last month, an increase of 66.41 billion in the last week alone. These numbers are just so dumb. They're so dumb. I wish we were on TV and not the radio because I'd love to show this chart though. It's funny. It shows our national debt. It's got a chart here from 1950 
do today. And it, it looks like just a straight line up. Looks like the national debt is like Bitcoin. It just goes straight up and down. Well, send anyway. a link to Jim. We'll throw it in a YouTube video. We'll have put it up. That is a good idea. Jim, I'm going to send you the link to this article. Maybe you can pop this picture up. Because I don't. I mean, maybe we're all visual learners instead of audio learners. I don't know. But this is just funny. So anyway, it's saying here, national defense is a core responsibility of the federal government. That's why we're suing Texas because we don't want to seal the borders. So to maximize Americans' safety and prosperity, prudence should guide. It's hard to read this without laughing my butt off. Prudence should guide both strategy and budget. A dire fiscal crisis could erode the economic foundation of America's strength, limiting the U.S. capacity to defend its vital interests at home and abroad. All right, I'm going to stop reading. There's, there's more to this, but it's basically saying that the more we spend, the less safe we are. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure how we could get any less safe right now. We don't know who's here. I'm going to switch gears to another article that will have a case in point for you and our lack of safety. This one is from my old favorite, Zero Hedge. I still read this one every day. I've never seen anything like this. Mysterious Chinese bio lab discovered in a remote California city. Why would a bio lab run by a shady... Is that commentary or is that true? Is that really fact? Why would a bio lab run by a shady Chinese company be operating in Reedley, California, in the central San Joaquin Valley. What was supposed to be an empty building, only used for storage, was home to a black market type of lab testing facility. So, and and it, it's so funny here. The discovery was made after a local code enforcement officer noticed a garden hose poking out of the back wall of the building. Public, so a code, so somebody driving by saw a garden hose and thought, let me look further. We, oh my gosh, public health staff also observed blood, tissue, and other bodily fluid samples and serums and thousands of vials of unlabeled fluids and suspected biological materials. So they found active. Oh, here's very active. Oh yeah, no. Additionally, they found 900 genetically engineered mice engineered to catch and carry. This should frighten you, by the way. Don't just dismiss this. Additionally, they found 900 genetically engineered mice engineered to catch and carry COVID-19 living in inhumane conditions. 773 of the mice had to be euthanized, and officials found another 178 mice already dead. Let me skip ahead here says the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention tested the substances and detected, well, I'm not sure why I'm chuckling at this one, at least 20 potentially infectious agents, including coronavirus, HIV, hepatitis, and herpes, according to a Health and Human Services letter dated June, June 6th. Apparently this happened months ago. But we are just now learning about it. Said they found thousands of boxes shipped from China. I find that interesting. And let's see here. Apparently they did find the owners, Prestige Biotech, blah, blah, blah. There's several companies. Anyway, so this was a, uh, a lucky find. 
was lucky they found this because they were testing, making a bunch of us sick again. And you know me, you know, put on the tinfoil hat. If a bunch of us get sick again, where does that lead? That leads to more vaccinations. That leads to shutdowns. That leads to everything bad. So I don't know. You know, and one thought I had as I was reading this, remember last week when I said the most frightening thing we've ever covered is going on? Some unknown corporation is buying up land by Air Force bases. Looking at you, Travis, in California, and your lack of safety, uh, Minot in North Dakota. How far away is this lab from Travis Air Force Base? I mean, is, is that the goal? Is is China here to attack us with an EMP or a, a ground war? Are they going to put some sort of a biohazard in our air, our water system? I don't know. So anyway, so I looked it up. How far away from Travis Air Force Base? It said here that it's about three hours and 20 minutes by car. It's a little over 200 miles away. So I, I guess I couldn't make that crazy stretch. But I can tell you what, this was a lucky find. What if there's 10 more of these? Yeah, if there's one, I'd imagine there's more. This one's actually, I mean, I usually kind of um, shrug off a lot of your uh, kind of deeper conspiracy stuff. But huh? actually, I'm pulling up other articles now because I didn't hear you talk about this on this one's. Huh. That's terrifying. Didn't I, wasn't I the first one in your life to tell you about the coronavirus? That it's, something's wrong? Yeah. Give me a break. Give me a break. Bats and wet markets and bat soup. No, no. The whole world is experimenting with things. You know, people think you're crazy if you talk about, you know, harp, chemtrails, all that. I don't know. I haven't had time to research all that. You know, you know, you know what our government is researching right now? You know what the big priority is right now? UFOs and alien life forms. So if I can stretch my mind around looking into whether or not UFOs and aliens are here, and that's going to change our future, I, this is a little more easy to grasp because I think the coronavirus was still, oh man, Jim, we need the clip of the week to have X-Files music. Good call. So yeah, no, this, this, it's all weird. I mean, everything that's going on is weird to me. You know, the, the, the things with UFOs, biohazard labs, all of this stuff is bizarre. And, you know, when you say there's always been something to worry about, and I say, but you're not usually 10 in a row. Here's another one. I mean, this should be really scary to people. If, if they spread hepatitis or something and we have a pandemic again and it starts in this country, it, it's not going to help. I'm telling you, our economy is fragile. There's corporate bankruptcies going through the roof. You know, there's so much going on. And and if we go into another, you know, whether it's, uh, what is malaria back? Is that, you know, last week I heard that Sarasota, Florida now has a case of malaria. What if this is being brought on to us? So I don't know. I don't know. And I'm glad this one bothers you a little bit and you're researching it because it, it is scary. So do you want to switch gears to something a little bit less frightening or want me to keep going with the tinfoil hat stuff? Because I have more stuff to talk about. I don't know. What, uh, if you have anything that will tie to finances, go for it. And I guess that one was interesting. So that one had nothing to do with finances, but I'm that was very intrigued. So I don't know. You keep doing your thing. This is your you show. Remember, really I'm not here anymore. You don't think that that's tied to finances. Is that true? Well, of course, everything's tied to finance. That's a very loose, like, everything. Wait a minute. They, they got lucky and they found a bio lab. What if the bio lab was in, in the ninth inning and they were about to release something 
into our air or our water, because obviously that's the quickest way to get the masses infected. So, you know, you were forgetting that trains have derailed spilling chemicals into the water. What if another train derails in four different areas in the country and they spill malaria into the water? You know, here, here's my tie. Maybe it's a leap. You don't think we're going to go into another shutdown like we did in, in March of 2020? You don't think there's going to be another run on toilet paper in the stores? You don't think they're, they're going to close restaurants again? I don't know. I tie it to not our clients because they're prepared and not scared. They <laughs> have stocked up on food and water and hard uh, hard assets and are prepared if they need to stay in home for a month or two. Come see us. We're going to help you do that. One person, one couple, one family at a time will help you get prepared. So make sure you have your tower garden. Make it sure is funny. I mean, we really have had people reach out to us that have done that since listening to the show. People we had never met before. So. I don't know. That makes me happy. Because again, for 500 bucks, for $1,000, if you're really going out of your way to like get yourself set up, you can make sure that you and your family can stay home for a couple months. 1000 bucks. Is that really going to ruin your financial future? Is that above and beyond? No. Most take people- care of all these what ifs. These are weird things. I mean, hopefully it never gets to that point. Hopefully it is wasted money. Well, I guess it'll never be wasted. It's food, water. Like you sell it, you eat it, you donate it to a food bank. Like, I don't know. Yes, be a hero. You buy 10 cases of corn or peas, and two years later, nothing's hit the fan. Donate it to St. Mary's or St. Vincent de Paul. Be a hero. Just drop it off. Don't even give your name. Just set it there and drive away. You're a hero. But, you know, when I read all these things every week, if you don't see that something is wrong in this country, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I, I just, I have no idea why nothing's happening yet. I mean, I think it's a matter of time. So, and you know what? You you hit everything logically. Moderation. Do I think you should, you know, remortgage your house or refi and suck out cash, you know, at a six and a half, seven percent interest rate, you know, so you can buy a tower garden? I do not. But do I think you should take a little bit of that money and lessen your position at the bank? I do. So, yeah. And I will tell you something else. Jim puts out a beautiful outline, or I don't know if it's Jim, but Jim gives it to us. I don't know if it's Ford. The the team at AmeriLife is is incredibly, they're really, really helpful and really good at this stuff, and we are not. So thank you, Jim. Every week we get the outline, and this week I actually want to take a couple things out of it. One thing is Generation X faces a harsh retirement reality. You know, all my stuff about bio labs and banks and debt. It, it's all general stuff. You want to pinpoint what's going on in this world, get down to what people are going to see in their future. You know, do you think generation Xers, millennials, do you think that taxes are going to be the same in 10 years or lower or higher? Do you think social security is going to be there for you? You know, I went to Lowe's this past weekend. My buddy Michael C. and Sun City helped me put in a mini split into our garage. And it was, you know, about five trips to Home Depot. And they had the registers closed. We went at night on Saturday night. And, you know, this was like 8, 30, 9 o'clock at night. No registers open. We had to go to the self-checkout. And there was a woman there to kind of help. I had her check me out still. I'm like, I'm not using this. 
and and I don't think I'm the only one because she right away she's like I get it. So anyway, you know, every one of these machines that you check yourself out and they're not paying into your social security. They're not paying into workers' comp. These are great for the companies, not good for you. So, but anyway, Generation X faces a harsh retirement reality. Millions have little to nothing saved for their golden years. Anthony, I know you like the numbers and stuff. So it says here, Generation X was born between 1965 and 1980. So you're not X. You were born in, what, 90? So you're the next, you're Y or something. Anyway, uh, says here, typical Generation X household with a private retirement plan has $40,000 in savings. By the way, born in 65, if you were, that means you're almost 60 years of age. You know, I still, I'm a baby boomer. So I look at it like generation is younger, but uh, we're getting older. So the figures are more alarming for low income Gen Xers, look at me using the hip term all the kids use, who have managed to stash away no more than $4,300 and oftentimes even less, the group found. So it says here, 40% across all members of the generation, 40% do not have a penny saved for retirement. Is that scary, Anthony, or is that not scary? I mean, you know, we see all these, we're, we're going to senior communities, we're in some city, so we know a lot of people that work at senior communities, and these places are beautiful. Years ago, I told our buddy Shanna, I was like, you know, if, if you look out 20 years from now, all these beautiful places, they better accept all techs, you know, because I, as a baby boomer, I am the last generation that is, is getting money from our parents we have the bulk of the wealth in this country. So if you're a baby boomer, you probably still have a shot, a lot of you, and going to a beautiful senior community. These things, they, I mean, they can be five, six, seven, eight, nine thousand a month. So you better have a good nest egg if you're going to one. And she was like, well, that's terrifying. She's like, you know, if there's no money, I mean, these things are all over the place. What are they going to do? I'm like, well, they're going to change because people don't have money. So change with it. And, and this is kind of like, well, I was right. You know, as usual, I was not wrong. I was just early. So, and, I, and I'd love to know about your generation. I'd love to know younger and younger because my thinking, things are way more expensive. You don't have the same opportunities to put money away as we did 20 plus years ago. Things are more expensive. We also didn't have cell phones. That's my biggest thing on this planet, how everything's changed in this world is cell phones. Not only the instant gratification buzz we get while we're on TikTok and Facebook on the toilet, but it, 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 these things are $800,000. You know, these things are a huge expense. So, Anthony, you are a professional. You have a job that, that you know, you can make as much money as you want. You just have to work harder than the average bear. A lot of people your age have jobs where they, you know, inflation, so what? They can't go and ask for more money. They're not going to get it. So I don't know. I mean, I just see it like every year younger you are, you are going to see more financial strain. You Things are not looking up. And I say to people all the time, I am a realist. I am not an optimist and I'm not a pessimist. I am a realist. I read and dig and I put two and two together with my amazing critical thinking skills. And I am having trouble coming up with two and two making four. 
it just seems like we're going the wrong way. What are your thoughts, Anthony? Do you th- do you think this is a concern or am I blowing well, it up? I mean, this was a while back and I don't remember the exact numbers. I'm sure I have them written down somewhere, but yeah, no, nobody can really afford to do anything anymore. You said, uh, you know, now we've got cell phones, we've got streaming plans. So, you know, my generation to your generation, we have more monthly bills. Um, but the biggest thing is wages. Wages haven't kept up at all. Um, when I looked at the median numbers, and I can't remember, again, this is all rough numbers. I want to say I looked at numbers from the 80s and prices of homes, cars, wages from the 80s to now. So that gives us, what, 40 years? Um, but it's one thing to talk about, like, oh, you know, you could get a uh, 1970 Chevelle 454 for 3500 brand new. You have to buy, you know, everything's 40000 now. Well, yeah, but you're not comparing 3500 to 40000 It's how do you make those numbers into the same dollar? So when we look at wages and we convert everything to today's dollars, wages have gone up since, again, whenever I looked at these numbers, I want to say it was the 80s, but wages have gone up like 20%, right? I mean, it's fine. That number doesn't really mean much until you compare it to everything else around you the average car price had gone up like 50%. So it's okay, so your wages aren't keeping up with cars or cost of cars. Then you look up at home cost, and home cost, when converted into all the same dollars, had gone up like 100%. So again, wages, it's one thing for wages to go up 20% over these years, but it's not going up comparatively to the price of goods around you. And then you looked at school. That one was the big issue because we talk about the student loan debt Kind of back to our conversation about the universal internet. Like if we're going to waste money on things. Um, and I know that's a very hot button topic is the student loan debt. But the cost of college, you know, you hear it from your generation, the generation before you. Like, oh, back in my day, it was so cheap. and blah. Yeah, the cost of college when you convert tuition then to tuition now and you put it all in the same dollars has gone up like 1,200%. So your wages have gone up 20%. College has gone up 1,200%, homes 100%, cars 50%. Yo, you can't keep up. We can't afford, this generation cannot afford to live. You keep talking about like, oh, back in my day, but it was like, yeah, in your day, things were affordable and wages kept up with what the price of goods around you were. They're not doing that now. So you talk about the death of the middle class. I mean, we're putting that stake in the ground now because inflation's huge can't afford to buy a home, can't even afford to rent. So how people, I mean, I make a good living doing this. I don't know how people not in my position are getting by because I feel like I'm still broke all the time. Welcome to my world, mini JR. Welcome to it. Yeah, keep your hands and feet in the cart at all time. But with that little JR-esque piece of information, we got to wrap it up. Thank you so much for being with us this week. Please make sure you go on our YouTube channel and like and subscribe and follow. And please, please tell people about us. We're trying to grow. Thank you so much. Have a great week. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to Another Money Show. You deserve to work with a private wealth management firm that will strategically work to protect your hard-earned assets. To schedule your free, no-obligation consultation, visit anothermoneyshow.com. 
Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM. A registered investment advisor. BCM and Rochford Financial are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results.